Welcome to Cardboard Philosophy, the board game podcast where we talk about nothing serious, seriously. Each episode, we randomly pick from a list of niche, deep board game topics and have at it. So we invite you to join us at the table, listen in on our conversations, and let us know what you think. This is the very first episode uh, of a new show, which we hope is good, but it could not be. I'm Robert, and alongside me are Evan and Steve, who are fellow first-time podcasters. I'm so excited. This could be something that we look back on and cherish for years to come, or something that we bury and hope never sees the light of day. Yep. (laughs) That's where the excitement is. So before we jump in, Steve, you want to tell them what on earth it is that we're going to do in a minute or 40 seconds or whatever? Sure, I'll do my best. Uh, we are gonna. We have a list of topics that we've kind of been adding to over the last couple of weeks, and we're gonna we're gonna pick a number randomly, and then that will tell us what we're gonna talk about, and that's it. Nothing more thematic than a board game podcast that is uh, basically decided by a die roll. The topics are about board games, obviously. <laughs> they are, and uh, each topic has like uh, an author of the topic, so that person will like start off the discussion, and then we'll just start talking about it. So I'm going to roll a D31, which you can find at your local target. Fully legal. Uh, here we go. 16. All right. This is Steve's topic, oh, so you carry no. it away. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have it in front of me. What is it? Uh, it is being mean in games. Um, basically, what I'm posing is things like take that is like the most common, I think, like phrase that you'll hear or that we talk about or throw around. I also was getting at like uh, social deduction. I feel like that one can get a little like it's come up before. We've talked about like social, like whenever you get into like werewolf or like the games that are like pure social deduction, where it's like just about like lying to somebody to their face and like calling somebody out on it. Like moments like that can get a little tense. If by tense you mean exciting, yeah, I agree. Right. So I mean, <laughs> it's 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 a certain kind of tension, right? So like. I guess that's what I think I was getting at is like that. Where does it switch from being tense in an uncomfortable way or like feeling bad or feeling like somebody's just taking it out on you? Or is it purely like, I mean, like a context thing, right? Like it's the players, obviously it's the, like the people are bringing the game to life. So it's kind of like if you take it personally, right? Um, So yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot to talk about or there's, a lot of ways to go with it but generally it's that like at what point does it go from being fun or adding some flavor and spice to being just like mean or like is it on the designer to create a game where you can't be as mean or is it on the players to just not be as mean you know things like that i think the use of the word take that is also interesting in that context because to me a take that game is a mechanic where you don't really have the choice of who to target. You're just kind of like put into a position where you have to be mean. And I wouldn't necessarily say that that is how I interpret social deduction because social deduction is more so I'm incentivized to try to get you off my trail. Whereas take that I feel like is a relatively passive experience until all of a sudden there's like this jarring thing where it just kind of jumps out from behind a bush and goes, ha ah, you got to be mean right now. Hmm. So you're kind of saying if you have a choice to be mean, then it's kind of really mean. Whereas if you don't have a choice, it doesn't feel mean. It's like the game, like we're all being mean. Yeah. 
like relatively there's no such thing as mean right we're all just neutral but if you have a choice to be mean or nice and you choose to be mean that stings more yeah or if it's the game is funneling you towards that decision where i'm I'm trying to think of an example of that with take that but like uh, as much as i dislike the game i think terraforming mars is a good example of that where it's relatively multiplayer solitaire and then all of a sudden there's just a random card where it's like yeah you can hold back a player from doing some actions arbitrarily and that can feel very bad because it's such a low player interaction experience until that moment and then all of a sudden there's player interaction that just kind of comes out of left field whereas if i'm playing something like um commander root i'm going into that experience expecting i'm probably going to get attacked by somebody at some point i'm probably going to attack somebody at some point it's part of the experience whereas if it's designed to be more of a multiplayer solitaire experience and all of a sudden they're forcing interaction by arbitrary meanness that's where it feels bad to me Hmm. and that's how i would define take that now do you like do you have to play the card you mean in terraforming or you like choose to play because that like uh, at first, I thought you were getting at like whenever a game is like, okay, now it's the end of the round. You have to kill off a player. Like you have to pick somebody, and so like that does take a little sting out of it. I think like you're not actively saying like now I'm going to choose to eliminate you. It's like well, we got to do somebody. So like it's got to be somebody. Yeah, <laughs> terraforming Mars might be a bit of a bad example because of that because I don't think you have to play the cards, but the card draw can be so limited in that game where you may have to play the card like you don't want to pay for more cards so you're just going to do this and hold somebody up i mean i like steve's questions next to the list and i think we're kind of answering them just not explicitly which are is it fun to be mean should it be and then why is it fun or not and i think we're saying it's it's not fun to be mean if you feel like all of a sudden out of the blue you have been forced to be mean yeah. While it is fun to be mean for certain people, if from the get-go, like, mean is the name of the game. Is that about where we're at with is it fun to be mean? I feel like that's a good representation. Yeah, I mean, the context matters. Like, if the game is kind of about being mean. Like, I don't know, in, like, King of Tokyo. Like, the game is just made of hitting each other for points and like eliminating somebody or everybody right like i feel like there it's i mean you can still feel bad about it but it's at least it at least sets up the context of like we're all going to be fighting that's what this game is so with that being said though is that fun because that like you can do one of two things in that you can either knock somebody out of tokyo or heal right yeah i mean there's other stuff but yeah basically I'm grossly oversimplifying. I mean, there's not that much more. You can also like buy stuff. Is that enough decision space to be fun though? Because like in Root, I can choose: do I attack the cats? Do I attack the birds? Do I attack the vagabond? Like that vagabond's getting a little bit powerful. Mm. Whereas that, it's do I like I can't attack somebody who's not in Tokyo. So it's very much target the leader in that example. Yeah, to me, it, it takes a little bit of like kind of what, like you're not choosing that person necessarily you're just like well you're the one in tokyo and i gotta i mean this is i gotta do something um but root is also like an example like that that's also one where maybe it's not as forced but it's still kind of like a big part of the game like i don't think anybody's surprised that they got attacked in root 
I'm, I was thinking about it while you're talking, and I wonder if, like, to me, it is fun to be mean in certain contexts, especially in social deduction games. And I think it has to do with some kind of escapism that a social deduction game can provide. Like, I can't be a jerk. I mean, I can be a jerk in real life, but I choose not to. Uh, we appreciate that. Thank you. Um, but in a game, for instance, something like GTA, which is, like, full of awful stuff that you never do in real life, the fun of it is being able to do that stuff. And so I wonder if this is kind of that same exact feeling that you get where you can be a jerk, where when somebody does something to you in real life, you really want to just like punch them, but you can't because they're bigger than you or you just don't want to be disrespectful and polite. And in this, like in, in board games, you can, you can like punch them back or stab them in the back um, or manipulate them, you know, kind of do these things that are not uh, kosher, so to speak, in real life. So I think that might be where the fun of meanness comes, not to mention just how like, I think being mean is actually very playful. Like, children yeah. are, are awfully mean to each other. So there's something that's, like, somehow being mean and play are, like, very intertwined concepts. I don't know why or how, um, but I think there's something very playful about it. I mean, the game is, like, a safe space, or ideally, right? Like, it's, a like, a shared thing where we're all kind of agreeing, like, what's going on in here is for fun and make-believe and, like, not real. like ideally yeah. so it i think it makes sense that that gives you that place like that room to kind of escape and be like uh, to be mean and it's like it's but it's for fun you know <laughs> it's it's pretend like we're not really yeah. being mean we're not really trying to like hurt each other well, just... i'm really being mean but you know maybe you're not <laughs> but what's interesting about that is the guy that um conducted the social experiment that kind of created mafia or created werewolf Mm -hmm. said that the only way to truly play that game was to be truthful. Because if you're lying, you're kind of betraying the safe space that is created by the study. Does that grok for you guys? I mean, I think you define this space kind of as like a threshold of lying or, or how, how much of a jerk you can be. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're playing a social deduction game and somebody's like out of their seat yelling in your face and screaming at you, they've kind of like passed that boundary. Mm -hmm. And so I think like every group kind of defines, you know, the boundaries of that safe space. And it depends on the group, you know, how, how limiting that is. I'm sure there are some groups where, you know, things that I would do with my friends in a social deduction game would be like, just, whoa, that was too far. You were way too mean. Mm -hmm. And for us, it's just part of the game. So yeah, I think it, it definitely depends on the group and how you, how you define those boundaries. I think it's interesting talking about social deduction in this context because I think a lot of people have experienced those uh, sorts of games in a convention setting with strangers or at least like more of a, hey, this is a way to break the ice. I've only ever played those types of games with friends. So for me, it's always been that kind of space where when you do have someone that's acting a little bit um, counter to the character that you come to expect, you either feel like, oh, it is part of the game or it can feel a little bit more targeted because it's like, hey, Joey's never like this. And I wonder how much different that would be for me in the context of a convention. I haven't played a social deduction in a convention setting, but I have played it in a more like with random strangers. And yeah, it was like, a, it's kind of what you're getting at where it's like, 
I felt like I was playing with a group of people who had become very comfortable and like they kind of knew each other's thresholds and they knew like that they could push it to a certain point. But then like me, random stranger who's like, hey, I want to check out this game comes in and they're like yelling in my face and stuff. And I'm like, ah, I'm sorry. Was this blood on the clock yes. tower? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. See, yeah. you said you didn't like blood on the clock tower. Now I know why. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. 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 That's we'll play it sometime. Yeah. 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 Um, it. It it was it did have fun moments. It just it also like dragged. It it was it was a little long for me. Like I think it went longer than it needed to. Um, I think the person running it was like doing their absolute best to like try to rein everybody in. It was just like a dozen people and people were showing up and it was like at a game cafe. So it was it was probably the level of convention chaos that you're you're kind of getting at, Evan. We're also talking about. I just came up with this categorization a second ago. Uh, like explicitly mean games, maybe aggressive, aggressive games. Hmm. But there are tons of mean games that are like extremely passive, aggressive, mean. So not like a social deduction game, mm-hmm. but like bus or something. You can be an yeah. absolute jerk to somebody in that game, and you didn't say a word. You didn't take anything from them. Uh, they might feel like you took something because they were planning on it, but it's not like you literally took something from them. Like you might need to take that game. So it's mm-hmm. not take that. It's not social deduction. It's not lying, but it's still mean. And I think the hobby has kind of is more accepting of that kind of mean. Yeah. Um, maybe from from what I've seen. But to me, they're both just about as mean and can be both just about as fun. They're just kind of different kinds of mean. So I wonder what you guys think about kind of explicit meanness and implicit meanness. I, I think implicit meanness is fascinating because I have a friend. Uh, Inish is one of my favorite games. I love it. I think it's mm-hmm. such a cool game. They cannot stand it because they describe it as the mean game. And they see it as mean because you can just arbitrarily walk into somebody's territory and start a throwdown. And that can cause like a cascade of conflicts. But they love Age of Steam, which I would describe as one of the meanest games I own because one, like you can take one action that completely sets somebody back two to three turns. And I love that about that. Like, that's another one of my favorite games. But the same person that does not like Inish loves Age of Steam. And I think it's because it's a lot more passive in the way that it's presenting that meanness. I could just be, you know, moseying on into your town, just casually building a railroad. And all of a sudden, I steal one of your goods. But, you know, you could have used one of the other goods or you had a whole turn that you could have taken that good. It's not really me being mean. I'm just, you know, giving myself some income. Now, does this all just come down to did they know it? Like when you do that thing, do they realize what the ramifications of said move are just yet? Or is it maybe like a little slower of a burn? Um, or you could even be like, oh, I didn't I didn't plan to take that thing from you. I was just doing my thing and it just happened to be in the space that you really wanted to go. I don't know. I've seen them get pretty aggressive in it too. So I, I get what you're saying, but I think that yeah. can... It cloaks itself and it allows that to come out of the player without it demanding it from the player, I guess is the difference. I think presentation might also matter. Like in Indus, you see like little risk-esque plastic soldiers and that's just like instantly triggering of like violence, which is like a more aggressive form of meanness than I stole, I don't know how Age of Steam works, unfortunately, but I stole a cotton from you or something, right? Like that's that doesn't feel as as awful yeah. as like fighting and killing your units, even even if in Age of Steam the ramifications are worse for the losing player. So I think presentation has a lot to do with it, which is actually 
maybe why Root uh, is is so interesting as a game, right? Like its presentation is cute, but it's an extremely mean game, and that somehow makes it feel less mean. And people who wouldn't like Root if it was about a real battle or with real armies would still like it. And that's an interesting point with Root is I've never shown it to anyone and have them come away and say it's too mean, even though it's literally designed for you to be mean to each other. They come away yeah. from it and say, oh, it's a little bit hard for me to grok what's going on because, you know, I can't just watch what you guys are doing on your turns and then copy that to get it because it's asymmetrical. But no one's ever said, oh, this is such a mean game, even though you're literally supposed to keep people in check. <laughs> the factions are designed yeah. to be mean to each other. I was still thinking about like the more like bus or like route building kind of meanness or I always like for honestly I always think about this in Ticket to Ride. I feel like that is such a everybody talks about it as like this the family game that you know it's just like so easy to play and stuff and I'm like that is such a brutal game in, in a certain way like you can really just like take that last thing and then it's like that's your game now you spend the next half hour watching like you know what I mean like and that can feel mean almost more than just but have fibbing. you been in a family <laughs> families are mean yeah no but like all, yeah. like they are and family games tend to be mean actually like from what people call family they actually tend to be super in your face that's true yeah what is one game that everyone owns monopoly what is one game where you're literally trying to bankrupt each other and push them out it's a player elimination game and everyone owns it well i mean and that's actually, I think, a really interesting point that you're like, in a way, you're most comfortable with your family or like you're most comfortable yeah. in a lot of. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm speaking broadly here, but like, sure, I think a lot of people have gotten in arguments and like yelled and fought with their family and then you make up and everything's OK. And so it's like you're just at that level where like you can even you have to. Oh, I disown my family. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're not coming to Christmas, well, Uncle Joe. That's true. I mean, obviously there's, there's, yeah, but like, um, I just think like in, in a way, yeah. What is a family game can like in a lot of, like they can be kind of more in your face in your face is actually a kind of a good phrase or way to put it. Honestly. Oh, this is a good, I'm adding this to our list. Oh. What is a family game? Oh, I love that. So don't talk about it too okay. much now. We'll get okay. to it on another uh, diary. I'm going to like take a bit of a rabbit trail here. Uh, circle back to the social deduction aspect. But I think it kind of plays into this. So Age of Steam is like a two and a half hour, two hour, like if everyone knows what they're mm. doing game. Um, the Resistance, which is one of my facial, favorite social deduction games, is about like 10 to 20 minutes, depending on how crazy things get. But then you have stuff like Battlestar Galactica, which is three hours. And... That's a hidden traitor, which can feel mean because you're uh, nemesis is another great example of that. That's a bit more recent where you're putting faith that this person is being genuine with you. You find out halfway through the game that they lied and you may lose a fairly long experience because of that. Does meanness correlate to length of gameplay and to how bad it feels to have that happen to you? You mean like this tolerance of meanness correlate with yeah. length? Yeah. Because Root, using that as an example, is about 90 minutes. You're kind of getting in, getting out. Does that help dampen how sharp the meanness feels? I don't know if it's like a direct one-to-one -one kind of thing. Because like in a lot of ways, I felt like that was part of like my problem with Blood on the Cock Tower game I played. It was like, it went on for way too long, I felt. Like I just had to be in that mode for way too long. But like, yeah, stuff like, I don't know, Root or... um 
like I feel like that in that case it was the length, but I don't know if it's always about. Like I don't know. I think it's more like, do you feel like you wasted a bunch of time or something? Because like Ti is another good example of that, where you are probably going to be playing this for eight to nine hours. Yeah, you might have a lot of people descend on you and hurt your game to a degree. To me, that like is one of the things I like about it, though, because it feels more like a space opera. It feels more epic because there's so much invested in it. Even if I lose, I'm probably going to have a good time. But with something like um... Uno, <laughs> I just thought Ti yeah, Uno would be a good yeah, side by side. Well, yeah, that, that's opposite extremes. That can be a 30 minute game, which it probably should be five. Yeah. No, I mean, I think there's definitely a trade-off of uh, longer games, meaning there's more build-up, and so the reveal is more exciting, even if the reveal is mean, as in a hidden trader game, versus the benefit of shorter games being that if you don't like it or if the meanness is starting to get too much, you're out of there in 10 minutes. So I think I think as long as the design is intentional, it can work out mm. either way. You can use the long or the short format to your advantage. You just have to be intentional. So like... Steve feeling that his blood on the clock tower game was too long that in some sense could be a design flaw like for him the amount of meanness or whatever was going on in that game should have lasted 30 but it took 60 and you know it was like it, for him it was too long three hours there's no way okay <laughs> that sounds this must awful. have been an 80 person blood on the clock tower game how how many people were in this game it was like a dozen yeah you should be done within an hour. Yeah. That's well, crazy. Wow. I don't know if we cracked three, but it was well over two. Um, I, I think the moral of the story is that does not sound like it would have been a good game no matter what you were playing. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess that's that. Yeah. I mean, and that's sort of what I'm getting at in a little bit. It, it, like, it's definitely a comfort level, the group, like there, there's a context. There's, you know, a lot of factors at play in that particular example. Um, so should it be fun? I feel like we've kind of danced around all the answers of the things that I had written down, but should it be fun to be mean? I'm saying generally, yes. Like that's kind of like the ideal state is the game is like you're in a comfortable space where you can do even mean stuff and you all know that it's okay because that's part of the game. So like there's nothing inherently wrong with being mean in a game. I think the answer to that question also will tell you a lot about the type of game someone would like. Because I like really high player interaction games, and that's naturally going to result in meanness. Whereas I don't like a lot of multiplayer solitaire games because those don't really give you the opportunity to do anything, whether that's benefit your opponent or be mean to your opponent. You're basically just playing your own little game. Oh, well, now that's kind of interesting because, like, player interaction, like, is it, is it, it's not always mean, but in board games, no. a lot of times you're trying to no. win. So at the end of the day, you're trying to dampen their success, everybody else's success <laughs> enough that enough that you're the one on top. What's what's competition and what's being mean, right? That's kind of what we're getting towards. Uh, like, is all competition inherently mean? I guess that's, that's what we're interesting. Towards, yeah, that's yeah. very philosophical. <laughs> it is. But before we get there, uh, my answer to should it be mean is. If it is a good game and the intention is for it to be mean, then it should be fun. Yes. To be mean. Um, I think I think it's not fun to be mean if the game is just not for you or the game is poorly designed or 
or the, or you know maybe the environment was wasn't right like you're playing it with strangers or something but i don't think there's anything inherently wrong with meanness being fun um and i actually think i bet if you looked at like mass market games most of them are mean rather than not so i think the people agree being mean is fun yeah. um so yeah it should be why not even something like Azul, which is a little solitary, is pretty mean in that you can stick someone with a ton of negative points. And that's mm. a relative, like the only mass market game I can think of that I wouldn't describe as mean is Wingspan. And I wouldn't even call that a mass market game. I would, within like the board gaming community, but I wouldn't call it like you're going to see this in Walmart. I think you might. I think yeah. it sold more than a million, yeah. but you might. No, it's it's definitely yeah. like just somebody the other day was like, I heard about this game Wingspan on NPR. <laughs> so it's out there, is my point. So is competition inherently mean? Well, I think it depends on how it's framed. So if, for instance, me getting two points in a game with the three of us is the same as both of you losing two points, right? Functionally identical. And if whatever I do leads to you guys losing two points, I think that'll feel like mean competition. Whereas if whatever I did led to me gaining two points, it wouldn't feel like mean competition. And so I think in some sense, yeah, it's it's mean maybe, but I think you can always frame it in a non-mean way. You can always frame competition such that I'm benefiting myself and not directly harming you. What about if that makes any sense? What about just like a foot race? Like I'm not doing anything to you. It's just about me being better than you. <laughs> well, I'm I'm tying your shoes together, but ah, see, okay, all right, there we go. So, <laughs> uh, but is that not multiplayer or solitaire? <clears throat> what was that, Evan? Is that not multiplayer or solitaire at that point? A because you are all running. Yeah. And you're all going to cross the finish line at different times, and your time is your points. The real-time dexterity game called Running. Wow, sports are just Euro games? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> I thought I liked sports. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I think it's really tough to, to separate the two, and there are definitely some people who can't. I think it's like a very personal thing. I yeah. think... If you ask somebody, is this game mean, you'll get different answers depending on how well, so to speak, they can separate competition from meanness. Because, yeah, you could just, you could take the attitude that if I don't win, you were being mean to me. You know, like somebody could have that attitude and then every competitive thing is mean. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think we're almost getting at the answer of like, is, is being competitive the same as being mean or is it like inherently? And it's like, not really. It kind of, again, comes down to like, intention but then also like the person receiving it like they could take it personally (laughs) like uh kind of depends on the context but like obviously in sports some people take it pretty seriously or they take it as like a attack on their whatever and i guess that kind of comes down to the way that the mechanics are framed within play of how like Hockey is a great example of that, where you can be incredibly violent in that game, or you can just casually skate around, hit a puck into a net, you get a point. And like going back to the Age of Steam example, you that it's a very mean game if you let it be mean. You could play a map and just stay far enough away from everybody that you're playing your game, I'm playing my game, we don't in, ever interact, and it could feel like a multiplayer solitaire. 
but the community draws out that meanness by like you know the excel spreadsheets that have you know play this map with this player count because that's what the greater hive mind is looking for in that experience and same with hockey most people will make the joke that you know i went to a fight and a hockey game broke out in canada at least and um such a canadian joke it, it's such a Canadian joke. <laughs> that was I, the most Canadian thing ever. Well, I didn't say a or sorry, so I mean it was close. Well, you just did. So oh, there we go. Um, I'm sorry, guys. I couldn't help myself. Hey, we got the um, sound bites now. Just put it on the button. Um, like we expect that out of hockey now, but if people got full contact in golf, we would be going, "What? What's going on right now?" <laughs> I think our conclusion is something like it depends on how it's framed within the mechanisms and also the context in which the competition occurs right and and how the people take it and then the community that kind of springs up around that yeah and we've also concluded that sports are just euro dexterity games (laughs) (laughs) that's the biggest takeaway it is it really is i have to tell everybody about this i'll i'll be right back you guys you guys finish this off we should share this somewhere I'm back. I told everybody about Eurogate. Hello? I guess they're gone. Well, we hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please let us know. If you didn't, definitely don't tell us. We plan on doing this bi-weekly, so we will see you all next time. <laughs>